What up, this is Ludacris, and when I'm in town, I'm kicking it. Kick, kick, kick. What up, baby? It's your boy Trey Songz in the mix with the homie, Brian James. It is a message. It is an inspiration. It is a source of beauty. It's the Brian's World Podcast, presented by The Citizens. All right, good afternoon. Good afternoon, good evening to you. Uh, welcome to, uh, well, first of all, happy Monday. <laughs> welcome to another episode of the Brian's World Podcast, presented by The Citizens. The Citizens. Yes, yes, yes. Feels good. Such a blessing to be here. Uh, today, today, truly thankful for yet another day. I want to talk to you about how writing saved my life. Hurry up. Ready? Yeah. Roll the tape. Let's go. It's the Dub Club. 20 minutes of power. Let's go. Yeah, you can go ahead and start that clock. 20 minutes, please. Start the clock. All right. So, um, you know, it, it started with my parents. Um, my dad is a writer, uh, obviously. <laughs> um he worked in the White House. He worked in, on Capitol Hill. He's worked with Senator Proxmire. He's worked with Bill Clinton, Al Gore, um, John Kerry, who was the Democratic uh, presidential uh, candidate back in. Ooh, I forgot. I can't believe I forgot the year, yo. <laughs> uh, I want to say it's like 2000. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. 2004, maybe. Something like that. Um, but uh, yeah, he's worked with a lot of people, man. A lot of people writing speeches for them, writing press releases for them, writing. Uh, uh, just little statements, you know, and I've been able to um, see my dad do that. You know, I've been able to kind of um, witness that firsthand, you know, um, even those times when, you know, he would be stuck at, you know, White House, Capitol Hill, wherever for, for God knows how long. <laughs> um, even in those days, I was able to see his work because it would be crazy because he'd be like, yo, like, turn the TV on. Like, I just wrote this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I remember watching um, one, uh, the convention, like, well, actually, a couple of the Democratic conventions. And uh, my dad, you know, would, would tell us, like, hey, yeah, we, we just wrote that. You know, yeah, we're all sitting, you know, down in this area over here and writing and, you know, fixing statements and stuff like that. And it'd be crazy to see these orators, um, you know, take the podium um, delivering those speeches. So, you know, I, and, and, and that's kind of my dad's story, you know. Um, even, you know, when he was in high school, he was writing real heavy. He's flown, like, people would fly him around the country, like, as a little teenager. Um, you know, on different trips to represent the city that he's from. Shout out to Concord, North Carolina, Charlotte. What up? What up? What up? Barbara Scotia. What up? <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, you know, he would he would do all of that, and um, he would show me these articles or whatever. Or my grandmother, you know, you know how grandmas can be, or how moms can be in general. They'd be proud of their babies. Um, you know, she would uh, pull out those articles and show us. You know, my dad with this big ass afro and <laughs> that weird grin. Um, would be uh, sitting there as a high school student, you know, talking about his writing. So, you know, it's kind of my dad's story. My mom is more of a creative writer. You know, my mom has an amazing, amazing ability to make words dance. And I think that that's where I get the creative side of writing from, you know, um, just learning to make words dance. You know, I feel like my dad, my dad kind of brought in how to make words uh, come together and kind of show themselves and present themselves. My mom kind of brought in how to make those words dance. You know what I mean? She loves to write. She loves it. And if you want to be completely honest about it, my first book, The Man Who Didn't Stop Running, um, 
Well, Jill, first of all, Jill in Buffalo, shout out to you. Um, Jill is my, was my editor for that book. Um, and also my mother. My mother did a great job editing um, as well. You know, she just read the whole book in like a couple of hours and just took a few notes, you know. And um, I'm truly thankful for her. I'm thankful for my dad as well. Thankful just that they were able to that they were they were able to find something that spoke to them, that they were able to find something um, that make, made them uh, kind of feel free, you know, when we're talking about writing, and that they were able to pass that along to me without even, probably not even realizing that that's what was going to happen, all right, now I want you to hold on to that because it's very important for where we're going to go, okay, so that's kind of like my parents, right, so then you, you tap into me, you know, like, like picture me, little big head BJ, right, you know, this, this before, this is back when only my grandfather was calling me BJ, this, this is before everybody else was calling me that, like not even my mom, was, she wasn't calling me BJ yet, um, but you know, this is back in like 1995, 1996, and you're not going to believe this, but I, but I swear to you, this is so true, right, I would ask my mom to get, like we would go to, um, 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 Staples over there in in Lanham, like right. It used to be. I don't know if it's still there, but Lanham, Maryland, like right across the street from the backside of New Carrollton, like also in that area was like Ames, and uh, it was like some furniture store that I got kicked out of because I was like <laughs> jumping on the beds as a little kid. Like it's in that little area, and that was our favorite Staples. And at the time, you know, living over there, um, that was like the only office supply store, really. Um, so. You know, we go in there, we buy school supplies, we buy whatever, God knows, whatever we would need at that time. Uh, my parents always had an office in, or offices in the houses that we lived in, so um, they always needed supplies. I would always go grab a competition book, throw it in the cart, you know, my mom would buy the joint. Don't even really know, she, you know, she never really knew what I was using it for until, like, I was in the fourth grade. The fourth grade, um, 1999 is when I told her that, you know, I've just been taking notes, you know, through my life, you know. Um, but... Yo, like as like a little first grader, yo, I'm I'm scribbling in these composition books, just writing, you know, just writing whatever is on my mind, writing whatever I wanted to kind of talk about, you know, uh, writing whatever I was dealing with. Like I used to be in timeout all the time. So when I get out of timeout, I would would write about being in timeout, you know, I would write about like who made me upset and why why made me upset. And um, I would write plans like I had I had crazy plans, right? To buy my own, um, I've always wanted to, you know how Gary Vee says he wants to own the Jets? I've always wanted to own a train service, like a rail service, like literally since I was a little kid. And I, I'm sticking to that, like even to this day, like one day I'm going to own, um, like I'm really going to revolutionize the, the rail industry, okay? So it started when I was like a first grader because, you know, in these composition books, not only was I writing about being a timeout, writing about the girl that I liked at that time, writing about like whatever plans I had or whatever. I was also scribbling like little uh, uh, drawings of how I wanted my train to look, you know, like back then, me and my, my parents, we would take the train a lot. We rarely flew. My dad flew all the time because some of the places that he went um, for work, you know, like I told you what his job was, um, you know, he had to fly. Like, you can't take the damn train to Honolulu. Like, <laughs> it don't work like that, you know. But with us traveling up and down the East Coast, going back and forth to North Carolina, because that's where my family is really from, uh, we were taking the train all the time. So that's when I fell in love with trains. And, you know, after every trip, I would, like, just write and, and scribble about what my company was going to be like. You know what I mean? Um, so all of this is in this composition book. I'd get to the end of the book. I'd leave it in a house somewhere, put another one in a cart, 
start scribbling again. And I mean all the way through, like up until literally right now. Like literally with you hitting play on this episode. And you, if you know me, you already know what time it is because you know what's in my book bag, yo. It's literally one, two, it's three journals in my bag. And I got Alfred. Alfred is... um. The name of like my uh, my portfolio for real. I keep a portfolio like I'm 82 years old, but I like to, I like to have everything kind of organized. You know what I mean? So I also have a portfolio which has a notes section in there, which has a lot of notes in there as well. Um, so that's just kind of it's weird to, to watch those dominoes fall, the dominoes of generations fall, um, because you know my parents' writing abilities had passed down to me, and not even writing abilities, but let's say writing interest. Writing interests have passed down uh, to me to this day to the point where um, I'm not necessarily uh, using these composition books or using these notebooks to just kind of write about uh, who made me mad today and da 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 da. Now I'm using them to, to to keep things in my head. You know what I mean? I'm, or to get things out of my head, I should say, to kind of um, organize my thoughts, if you will, to kind of uh, purge the clouds that are in my mind at that time. You know what I mean? Whatever I'm dealing with, literally whatever I'm dealing with. With, you know, um, or or my thoughts, just just trying to organize things. Like so, um, it's it's weird, right? It's so crazy, and, and it's funny because sometimes with science, I, and I think that some some things that we find out in science just freak us the hell out so much that we don't even like to admit that it's really that simple. But yo, that ain't nothing but genetics. That's literally genetics. That's just how things work. Emmett Smith has a son who plays football. Is that really so hard to believe? Like, that's that's just genetics. You know, think about how many NBA players are literally, you know, they, like their parent, their dad, oh, both their parents play basketball in some professional, you know, some professional light somewhere. Well, it's overseas or here. Like, it, it's not that hard to believe, you know. Um, but anyways, here I am today um, still writing. You know, getting paid to write, really, selling books. You know, I'm not saying there's no bestseller. I mean, it ain't, it ain't happening yet, but it's going to happen. Trust me. All right, I'm not. I'm not a New York New York Times bestseller yet. You know, but I'm gonna get there. But I am, you know, writing professionally. Okay, I'm writing to. I am making money off of writing. You know, and um, I can honestly tell you that writing saves and has saved my life. Because there's been uh, so many intersections, man. So many things that I've faced that, um, believe it or not, man, like, and you may relate to this. Some things be so tough to deal with on the surface mm-hmm, that when, when we process them, okay, we don't really even process them, if that makes sense. Like, when, when we're looking at it, it's like, our mind is like, yo, what the hell is going on? What is this? What? What? What's happening right now? And then we just get cloudy. Just get cloudy. The mind just, the mind just gets so clouded with just thoughts just jumbled up. Like, every, like you can go from chilling on a Sunday night to the craziest Monday morning of your life. And you're trying to process what's going on. Now, what's crazy about all of that is that the inability to process what's going on is also the inability to develop a good reaction to what's going on or is also the inability to develop um, the first step to rectifying whatever's going on you know what I mean it's kind of like if you just it's kind of like if if doctors you know say that you're sick 
but they don't know why you're sick or how you're sick. They just know that you're sick and it's getting worse, but they don't know what it is. You know, and then they are just so in shock that they're not researching anything. They're just like, whoa, like, what is this? I don't know. What is this? I don't know. What is this? I don't know. But it's getting worse. It's getting worse. Da, da, da. And it never gets fixed. You know what I mean? But if you have a doctor who's like, okay, we don't know what this is, but I'm sending this whole department to go look at you 24 7, 365 until we figure out what's going on. That's the ability to process what's going on so that they can figure out um, how to respond to that. I, you know, I don't know if that makes sense. I don't know where the hell that came from. Um, but, you know, you, you get what I'm saying. So um, that's how writing saved my life, because for me, that um, that creates a threshold of me to be able to process what's going on. You know, and it, it's it's weird. It's weird because like when we when we talk writing, I'm not even just talking about uh, writing books, writing stories, writing essays, writing speeches, writing for the websites, writing for 92Q, writing for Citizen Six, writing for Citizens One, Three. Like I'm not just talking about just writing in that regard. Um, sometimes like I'm talking about even writing music. You know, like a like 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 or or just like I have so many notes in my phone, like just literally at least. 2,800 notes in my phone that are just random little whatever and just me writing sometimes they're not even complete sentences but just me writing in writing that has helped to purge my mind and to help me to figure out the next step in life that's what I mean when I say that writing saved and saves my life you know what I mean um, it's just the ability to process whatever is going on in life like, I'm thankful to be able to write books. I'm thankful to be able to write speeches or whatever. But I'm just thankful to be able to have something that I can breathe through to help me feel better, you know, to help me kind of purge my, 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 my clouds, you know. There's going to be clouds in our life, yo. I don't, I, don't, I don't care how much money you got. First of all, I don't know what's going on with me lately, but I really don't care about dollars, you know, I, I I don't know what it is, and, and for me it's kind of it's crazy because I've kind of always been like that. And I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm, I'm not, some people you know say I'm stuck up or whatever because I you know this is my background, but I ain't never really had to worry about money. I'm not I'm not gonna lie to you about that. I would never do that because I think that's disrespectful, um, you know, to people in their situations. Like I'm, I'm I haven't really struggled, you know, at home, you know, but. I've never been in love with the finer things and da 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 da. Like, I don't care about money, you know? So I, I don't really care about how much money you have, how you got your money. I don't care about your job. I don't care about, like, how good things are today because tomorrow it can be completely different, yo. And the reason I'm saying that is because for me, when, you know, my todays are great, but my tomorrows are horrible, writing is what helps my tomorrows become great by noon. That's and that's it right there. That's literally the cycle of having something that saves your life, yo. And the whole purpose in this and me talking about this, yo. Sorry about that. The whole purpose of me talking about this is for you to really think about what saves your life and continue to feed that. Because as long as you continue to feed that, that's that friend that's going to always be by your side when your your real friends ain't there. That's that boyfriend or girlfriend that's going to always love you when your real boyfriend or girlfriend can't do it right now because they at work or because they out of town or because they busy themselves or because they just don't understand what the hell is going on. 
That's something that we hold on to. That's something that helps us get those clouds out of our lives and helps us to kind of figure out the next step. Not even just figure out the next step, but that's something that kind of helps us figure out what is going on at this particular moment can also be that same thing that helps us to figure out what we have to do to make whatever is making us feel bad feel better. That's what I mean when I say writing saves my life. And that's what I mean when I say that we need to continue to harness whatever saves our life. Okay. Whether it's dance, like my girlfriend, she loves to dance. Whether it's dance. All right. Whether it's your business. Okay. Whether it's making clothes, making shirts, whether it's writing like me, whether it's playing music, you know, whether it's writing music. Whether it's uh, selling cars or, or, well, you know, if it's selling cars, make sure you <laughs> make sure you're being truthful here. OK, because I got I got hemmed up in Laurel. All right? I ain't going to say no names, but, you know, if writing cars, I mean, selling cars is your passion. Just make sure you're doing it with integrity. I'll just put it like that. <laughs> um, but, you know, whether it's that, whether it's preaching, whether it's speaking, delivering speeches, or, yeah, fixing cars, like shout out to Rick. Like, you know, what I mean, I really think like, yeah, you know, that. Whether it's sports, whether it's, I don't know, like there's so, the world, God did such a good job when he created this world because it's so intricate, man. Like there's so many things that you can be into, so many lanes that if it ain't there, you can create it, you know what I mean? Like that is, um, that is the beautiful, the beautiful thing, the beauty of the intricacies of this world is that there's so many things that can save your life, y'all. And but I, I really I really just think and like I like I tell you all the time, I don't know everything. Like I ain't about to sit here in front like I know everything. You know I don't know everything. You know I be struggling with life myself. <laughs> you know what I mean? And and we are just trying to figure this out. I'm just trying to do a service by figuring it out publicly with you so that we can kind of figure things out together and we can both get things on track, you know? Um but I just think that it would be beneficial um, for each of us, okay, each of us to figure out exactly what um, is that thing that saves our lives. What is that thing that we can um, use to process what's going on in our life so that we can move on to the next step of rectification, okay, to the next step of finding a solution to whatever problem brought those clouds in our lives. Okay? Figure that out. Just take time to figure that out. Whether it's fashion, okay? Well, I'm not going to get into it. I'm about to go drop the whole list again. <laughs> like I didn't just do that three minutes ago. Um, but whatever that is, just figure that out. You know what I mean? And don't hesitate to ask yourself, you know, um, what are your interests? Don't hesitate to ask people who know you, your parents. You know, if if if, if you uh, have the free time and, and a chance to do that, ask around. Ask some of your friends, your closest friends, though, people who ain't trying to sabotage you, people who is here to see you see you win, if you will. You know what I mean? Ask those people, like, hey, what do you think my uh, my my life saving interest is? Like, tell tell me so I can. Oh, there we go. Tell me so I can be aware of what to lean on um, when things get cloudy in my life. So that's how writing saved my life. Hopefully, um, they, hopefully you have something that you can uh, that you can rest on as well. And of course, the big news—it's big, really big. Big. That's the big ten four. All right, let's get into the big three.
three, the big three is presented by Jaded. Uh, head over to jadedco.com, y'all. Head over to jadedco.com. They got waist beads, bracelets, all types of jewelry for you. Men, women, whatever you want to do. It's all up there. You're trying to make sure you're looking good for the beach. You got a couple weeks before you and the family got to pull up on that beautiful family trip that you take every year. Uh, you want to make sure you look good for them pictures, y'all. Go to jadedco.com. Uh, they got all types of accessories and decorations for your body, all right? Number one. That's the big 10-4. Right here, baby, number one. Number one would have to be. Number one. Number one. All right, number one thing on the big three, yo. I did, I, I'm, I'm very disgusted right now. I'm very disgusted at Donald Trump and his weekend antics uh, over the weekend. Essentially, um, I ain't gonna read his tweet, but he was tweeting about um, basically, basically telling four of our voted-in congresswomen, which is... I had to throw that in there. Um, also, U.S. citizen congresswomen, uh, that they need to go back to their country. And it's Monday. I think he tweeted that either on Saturday or it might have been Friday. No, I think it was Saturday. He tweeted that over the weekend, and it's Monday, and we still don't have an apology. Okay? Now, listen. What I'm saying to you right now, it's very nonpartisan. I'm tell, I, I tell you all the time, like I told you last episode and the episode before that, I don't know who I'm voting for. Okay? I don't care about red or blue. All right? I ain't got any, nothing. No, ain't, ain't nothing against the Crips and Bloods. Not y'all. I'm talking about Republicans and Democrats. <laughs> um, I don't care about none of that. Okay? I don't care about party. Okay? I loved Obama, but I, that does not make me a Democrat. Okay? Like, get that, get that through your skull. I hate Donald Trump, but that does not make me a Democrat. Okay? Or does not make me a Republican hater. If there was a Republican who, who who popped up with character and and great uh, ideas for the country and the economy and the, the different uh, things that I'm interested in, then that he might get my vote. I don't care what you look like. I don't care what, what party you vote for. What I'm talking about right now is very nonpartisan. And as a matter of fact, this is way before parties were even found. It's something that, that they created like billions of years ago. It's called character. And I hate when people have piss poor character. All right. Like and 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 to the Trump supporters, yo, please email me. CXVIBR at well, CXVI at BRIAN CXVI.com because I want to know why you support someone who tweets and makes statements like he made over the weekend. Like how how do you defend that? You're telling these women who are U.S. citizens, first of all, and have been selected to be in Congress in part of a historical moment for this country when in the, U- I mean, in the 116th uh, uh, organization of, of the Congress and, and, and Senate and all of that, like a historical moment in history. How do you tell these women who just made history that they need to go back to their country? This is utterly disrespectful. With, with with zero regard for humanity, with zero regard for uh, regard for integrity, personal integrity on on his, on his front, just disgusting for him to tweet something like that, you know. And it's it's very uh, it's very embarrassing that that is the representative of this country, of our country. It's just it's just embarrassing, man, and. Um, you know, I hope that I hope we don't get caught up in party unless before we can even talk party and before we can even talk policies. I just think we need to talk character before anything. And a lot of people disagree with me on that. I, I just think that when it comes to elections, we do it backwards because we start with party. Then we do policies. And then it's like, OK, well, what kind of person is he? What? That's stupid. 
What kind of person is he first? Or what kind of person is she first? Is she an asshole? Is he an asshole? Is he is he uh, inhumane? Does he think that he's above other people? Does she think that she's above other people? Is he a bigot? Is he racist? Is he sexist? We should start there. Then then we can talk policies. I, don't, I really don't even care about party. I think party is... I, I don't even like that whole... That whole red and blue thing is stupid to me. Okay? I don't think you need that. But... Um, let's start with character, y'all. And going into 2020, and that's why I talk about the election every episode. Because listen, man, like I'm tired of, I'm tired of blind voting. I'm tired of 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 people who are completely unplugged from politics and the policies and all of that stuff, and they have no clue what the hell is going on in the world. They just wake up and and go to sleep. You know, like I'm tired of that. Let's let's wake up, pay attention to what's going on. Let's be fully prepared for 2020. When you walk into that voting booth and you see Donald Trump's name on there, I want you to remember what happened this past weekend. And what you do with that is, is not even just on you. It's on your integrity. It's on your character. Is that who you want to represent you when you fly into France and you get off and, and people asking you what country you're from? And you say the United States of America, do you, do, do, are, are you okay with when you say that, people saying, oh, okay. So you follow... You follow, oh, I got you, I got you. You follow the example of your leader, President Donald Trump. Ask yourself if you if you want that to happen to you. Think about that when you're in that voting booth next year. Number two. That's the big 10-4. Number two. All right. Second thing on the big three, Jermaine Dupree says that all women, uh, or all female rappers rap about the same thing. Um, that was a very big story over the past weekend. And actually, Cardi B... Um, responded to him. I played it on the radio yesterday uh, in Baltimore, 92Q. Um, you know, Cardi basically saying, you know, uh, yes, that's all that I rap about. That's basically what she said. She said that her, I won't say the P word, but her vagina is her best friend, which is, I think that was just a little bit of a gimmick to me. I wish she kind of left that out. But she said that her vagina is her best friend and that, you know, she raps about that because that seems like what people want to hear. When she did be careful, apparently she got a lot of backlash about talking about something other than the turn up or talking about something other than, I guess, her vagina, which is weird. But um, she said she got a lot of backlash for that. And then she also went on to say that, you know, there are other females who aren't talking about their vagina or talking about busting it down and throwing it back. You know what I'm saying? They're talking about other things in life. They're talking about real gang, and we don't support them. Now, that I can agree with. I agree with that part of what Cardi said. I actually agree with the other part, that that, that she and other women, i.e. Megan Thee Stallion, i.e. City Girls, Trina, all like everybody talks about that type of lifestyle because that's, that is what people want. Now, here's the thing. I, I, I don't think that there was, that's no secret, Jermaine Dupree. It's 2019, I know. But this has been going on for decades. This is just kind of how it is. This this is actually a spawn of something that I learned way too young. Is that sex sells? All right, sex sells. I mean, we're talking J Lo. We're talking Halle Berry with her, her naked scenes in Monsters Ball. I was like a little kid, but it, obviously, me recalling that tells you that how big it was. You know what I mean? Um, is watching little Kim tickle her vagina. You know, in a in a music video. You know, Cisco talking about. How many licks and all of that, you know what I mean? Like, like it, sex sells. It's nothing new, all right? It's nothing new. It, and as a matter of fact, it's so much nothing new that I don't even really care no more. Like, that's just working in commercial uh, entertainment, okay? Which is something that I've been doing since 2009, all right? 
I've been able to really finally admit that when you go commercial and you do commercial things, you don't necessarily, um, ah, this is going to sound so crazy, but when you don't necessarily have a soul anymore, all right, because like Cardi said, you have to do what the people want you to do. When you put your music on the big shelves, all right, when you, when even, even if you just uploading your songs up to, um, Apple Music and Spotify, you independent artists and all that, blah, blah, blah. But if you try, if you have commercial, um, uh, you want to go commercial, you're going to do what the people want you to do. All right. You're going to talk about a lot of things repetitively because that's just what sells. All right. Music has become a assembly line. All right. And I'm not I'm not afraid to say that. Like, like literally stop and think about the songs that the radio. Yes, I work there at the radio that that uh, music video channels and, and blogs and all that try to force on you. The songs that you read about a thousand times before you even like to hear it five times. Keyword like to hear it. You might hear it a thousand times, but it's going to take a couple. while. Well, like you hear a song. If you listen to a song for two weeks, by the time the beginning of the third week starts, it's, you might you might not like it, but you at least gonna sing it. All right, you, even when it goes off, you can be pumping gas somewhere. You might start singing it, like damn, like why am I singing this song? Because that's how the music industry works. And I just put a target on my back by saying that. But that that's that's literally how it works. You know what I mean? That's commercial. That's just commercial music. You know, it's just like with Dove. They they put chemicals together, make a bar of soap, make another bar of soap, make another bar of soap, make another bar of soap. That's how commercial music works. It ain't nothing special. It's just, you know, hey, here's another bar of soap. Here's more sex music, more sex music, more sex music, more sex music. So Cardi's right. That is what people want to hear. But that's people want to hear that because they're on they're a part of the assembly line as well. You know, they are the uh, the the uh, consumers of those bars of soap. Don't even realize it, you know. So you do have the the opportunity and the chance to select to listen to. Uh, oh my God, I love Rhapsody. You can listen to Rhapsody. Everybody's talking about Tierra Whack now. You know, you can listen to her. You know, you can listen to. Um, I love T Savage up here in Baltimore. Like she made a great record with Baltimore. I enjoyed his fire. I love Tink. Like Tink's album Voicemails is just so a one. You know, it's super lit. You know, like it, you have the opportunity to celebrate those women. You really, you really can. Even if you do like the City Girls and you like Cardi B, you can also show love to those other women, those Lauren Hill type of women. For real, you can, you can, you can do that. I chose to do that, like this time last year, when I really realized that you know, if I don't necessarily like what Cardi and Megan Thee Stallion and all of them are doing, then why am I liking their pictures? Why am I commenting on their stuff? Why, why am I, you know, showing all this love to Saweetie and all of that, da 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 if that ain't really my thing? Like, I'm let me celebrate the musicians and the women, the female rappers who I actually enjoy their music, i.e. Rhapsody, Tink. Like, those are the, those are the main two who uh, I fell in love with, you know, a while ago. Um, I, I love, I like Days Loaf, for real. I like Days Loaf, you know. Um, but anyways, I ain't gonna get into all that, but, you know, it's, it's true Cardi was right You know You do have the opportunity To celebrate these other women um, Understand that commercial music Is nothing but a, an, an assembly line But also understand That just as you Can just hop on Amazon Prime And how Amazon Just reshaped The entire industry Of getting you What you want You can do the same thing For music Alright You don't have to just Digest everything Because keep in mind Every song Has a certain vibration That's gonna do something for you Every song, I mean, like music was not created just to be there. Music was 
I ain't gonna get into all that The biblical side of it Whatever But music Music is a lot more powerful Than, than we give it You know um, So just understand that You have the ability To vibrate with Whoever you want to vibrate with And understand that On the other end of that assembly line All these people who like You know Bust it down for your man Take his money And da 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 And I'm just trying to have a good time And I ain't gonna respond to this dude And blah 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 Give me your money blah, 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 blah. All that new Whatever This type of music That's been coming out this year uh, For the female side Understand that on the other end of that Is a bunch of women Who don't live up to what they talking about Okay It's a gimmick Alright But The joke's on you because you're vibrating with it, you know, you're digesting it subconsciously, all right, and don't even realize that it 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 kind of liquefies your actions in in some way, shape, or form. So just be prepared, be cognizant of it, all right. If you take a little bit of that, why don't you try? Why don't you try a little bit of rhapsody and tink too? Just take the both. It's not, ain't nothing wrong with balance. It's how you don't fall. Number three. That's the big ten four. Number three. All right, third and uh, final thing in the in the, uh, in the big three. It's crazy. Like I've seen a lot of uh, conversation about the new Lion King movie. I want to say it's coming out this week, actually this weekend. So I got to make sure that I got time to go see it. Even though I'm not too excited to go see it, but um, you know it is coming to theaters. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do a special episode on probably Friday. I'm gonna go see it Friday. And I'm gonna do an episode, a uh, little review about it. It's gonna be the first time I did a review episode. So uh, I'm a little bit excited, y'all. My girl be walking around listening to review episodes. I kind of fell in love with it. But um, anyways, so, you know, I hear a lot of people talking about Lion King and about how, um, you know, they don't know if they really trying to see the joint. And uh, and I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not really trying to either. If I didn't feel a... um, if I didn't feel like I needed to, if I didn't feel like I kind of have to because I work in an industry that is kind of like a, that is a lifestyle industry, like entertainment is nothing but a lifestyle industry. And I kind of like now I have to continue to transform myself into uh, being a proponent of that lifestyle, you know? So I feel like I have to go see it to let you know what I thought about it or, you know, just to let you know that I saw it so I can kind of talk to you about it. If you call into the radio on Sunday and you want to talk about it. So, um, the reason I'm not too excited about seeing it, man, is because every time that I even hear a commercial, see a commercial or whatever, I just see, I don't even see Childers Gambino. I see Earn. I see Earn from, from, from Atlanta. You know, I can't help it. I'm sorry. And uh, I don't think I've heard, oh, I did hear Beyonce talk and I heard Beyonce. You know what I mean? The only character that I was super excited about is Mufasa. Because it's the exact same guy. Um, so I'm not too excited about it. I just, you know, I, and it's okay for you to not be excited about it either. All right. I just want, I just why I said that. I ain't want you to, I know you probably think you're crazy. Like, man, this Lion King, like, I should be excited, right? No, you ain't got, it's okay. Because it is a little weird. This one, this one's a little bit different. Aladdin found a way to be uh, just as magical as the first Aladdin, the cartoon edition of, of Aladdin, um, and it looked phenomenal. In the to me, it looked phenomenal with the CGI and uh, you know all the animations. And Will Smith is he? I feel like he was designed to play those kind of characters, you know. So that movie translated well. And even with that, I think I might be part of the smaller percentage who thinks that that movie translated well. There was a lot of people who weren't really necessarily into that. Um, but Lion King, man, all of the magic, it just looks like all of the magic from the first cartoon is not going to be there. So I'm a little bit nervous about it. But like I said, we'll talk about it on Friday. We'll talk about it on, uh, on Friday. I released a special episode just for you, all right? 
but you ain't crazy if you uh <laughs> if you ain't necessarily looking forward to it but the movie is trending right now so big week big week all right hey thank you so much for listening to uh this episode of the brian's world podcast I want you to have a great uh rest of your week remember you can always hit me up on instagram twitter facebook i'm everywhere kind of like i really kind of feel like i need to kind of scale back on social a little bit just because i'm really spreading myself thin um you know managing all the brands and the companies and everything but anyways i'm still up there b-r-i-a-n-c-x-v-i hit me up on everything you can also go to bryancxvi.com hey look and all, speaking of that like the book my next book daisy's watchtower is supposed to be out september the 16th uh the pre-orders are open now um if you've already pre-ordered it, thank you so much, y'all. I appreciate that. Put the biggest smile on my face. I know you can hear it, y'all. Um, but I'm I'm very excited for you to uh, to dive into uh, to, to this to this book that I wrote. Like I, I I like this one. I like I like the first one too. But I really enjoyed writing this one as well uh, because hey, it helped save my life. Okay, <laughs> it, it helped me to. Uh, to really get those thoughts out So I want you to go to BrianCXVI.com You can go up there And pre-order the book uh, Let me know after you do Let me know after you do So I can shout you out On all my social platforms um, And also You got all my socials uh, You got my email CXVI At BRIANCXVI.com um, Let me know If you need absolutely anything If you just want to talk Everything is open I'm here for you Alright uh, If you got a question About this episode I got you Just let me know I'm here for you And also If you would like me To mention anything On the episode You can do the exact Same thing Alright um, as always, have a great week, all right? God bless you. If you need to text me, you can do that at. The Brian's World Podcast is presented by the citizens. For any questions or comments on today's episode, email cxvi at briancxvi.com. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We wish you a great and empowering week.